Welcome to TribCast, the flagship podcast of the Lacrosse Tribune. I'm digital news editor Scott Rada, and we're joined today by Jacob Siamas. He's the president of the Lacrosse Neighborhoods Association. And how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Scott. You know, it's Lacrosse. I think has uh, maybe a more active neighborhood groups than some cities our size. Um, but, but a lot of folks probably aren't terribly familiar with what neighborhood associations do and how they work. And you know how that works, so tell, tell them about it. Well, I agree with you. And when we moved to La Crosse eight years ago from uh, other cities of similar size or larger, and they had a lot of active neighborhood associations and they were just fledgling here, I saw a great opportunity to, to grow the neighborhoods of La Crosse, and they've grown a lot in that time. And that's really, I mean, obviously it's important to you, but I think you would also agree that our current mayor really has set that as a priority as well. Yeah, I saw that um, when he first uh, ran for office especially, and uh, I think we've been able to keep that trend. Um, at that time, I think there were really six or seven active neighborhood associations, and now we have 11. And and there's one that's sort of, am I accurate to say, sort of in the process of forming here downtown? Yeah, that's right. And actually, I would call them you know, a fully-fledged neighborhood association now. In fact, they're also joining the other chapters of the Lacrosse Neighborhoods, Inc., uh, because they see a great opportunity ahead of them. And of course, that's simply because there are more people living downtown in Lacrosse today than in the city's history. Well, and it's it's great because the city's downtown is really like a lifeblood of the city in so many ways. So for it not to have had residents speaking about what it's like to live in that neighborhood previously was really a, a missing opportunity. And now it's really I think the sky's the limit for the Downtown Neighborhood Association. And, you know, just sitting here in the La Crosse Tribune, we're probably a few months away from a, even a bunch more residents going just uh, one block to the west of us. And, you know, it seems like every year or so there's, you know, be it the old uh, administrative building of the county, Bell Square. I mean, these are pretty large projects. Yeah, it's 10, 20, 100 at a time. That's a lot of residents at one time. We're lucky to have that. And, you know, it's, and it's interesting. I was talking to our editor today and you know, it, the lacrosse, we've all heard in lacrosse that what's supposedly been a disadvantage to our city is that we're penned in. We have a river on one side, we have bluffs <laughs> yeah. on the other. There's not a lot of room to grow. Now, that's true, but some cities, when they have loads of room to grow, they just sprawl, sprawl and sprawl and sprawl. Yeah. And sometimes your core neighborhoods, your core downtowns aren't a priority. Lacrosse can't take that approach. Absolutely, and and you see some of the, the you know, strains of that um, because I think people traditionally came from communities where they could grow and grow, and so um, neighborhood associations I think have a really important role in educating people and helping them understand how density is a really positive thing. That a lot of times we can't just simply grow outward; we got to grow upward. And um, I think our current city planner, Jason Gilman, has really done a good job educating the public as well as the neighborhood associations. There's really a strong team now that's supporting neighborhood associations and, and recognizing where our growth needs to be in this community. Now, I think it's fair to say most residents in the city of La Crosse are part of a neighborhood association, not quite all. But if, if somebody's listening to this and they're just not sure where they fit or what neighborhood they might be in, how would they find out? Well, the city planning department does a great job on the city's website, so that's a great place. We also have the Lacrosse Neighborhoods um, website as well. I recommend people to check that out. Um, but there are some gaps, and so people who are listening today and don't know their neighborhood association, check online, see if you have one, and if you don't, that's a great opportunity 
You know, the mayor has committed money every year to neighborhood associations. He's run out of the neighborhood associations that that neighborhood money has gone to. So new coming neighborhood associations might get a chunk of money to see some capital improvements. So they've got to they got to take advantage of that if they're interested. And that's a really good point. And that's I think a program that this mayor has has started. And and you, can you talk kind of walk through the process? So if, if your neighborhood is allocated this money, you know it's it's not that you know, one or two people get to decide. It's really meant to be a, a group project or a neighborhood project. Yeah, I think it, it galvanizes a neighborhood, right? Um, they see a real um, opportunity to make a difference and it brings a lot of people to the table. It's been effective. It's been really different for every neighborhood association, honestly, um, and that has some good qualities and some and challenges. Um, but at the end of the process, I think everyone recognizes that they had a voice and that they've seen some major improvements. Am I right to say that each association meets just about every month for a general meeting? Yeah, we try and take some breaks around the holidays. It's hard, and summer too ends up being a little challenging. And um, we often emphasize meetings, or maybe that's what people are most familiar with, but truthfully, our, our best area um, is just to think of ourselves as engaging people. And so whether someone catches something in the news, whether they catch something on Facebook, whether they find it on Nextdoor or an email. Um, we just want people to be engaged. So um, we, we don't want people to over-rely on meetings. There are times where we have to rely on meetings. And so I would say one of the things we're really focused on in this coming year is how are we gonna do that better than just having people at meetings? Our schedules, I mean yours I'm sure, Scott, is the same way, difficult for people to make meetings. And meetings don't always sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> it doesn't sound like fun. No, it's not like, hey, games. <laughs> you know, right? Be great. Hey, we got neighborhood games. Everyone would show up. So what are some of the things that you've seen associations across this city do to sort of boost excitement and interest? Well, this month is a perfect example, right? So spring into your neighborhood month, May, it's really a much more social emphasis. And so each of the neighborhoods are doing things a little differently. Um, it's great for new and returning members. You know, we recognize people will come a couple times and then think, all right, this is a lot. Um, so maybe this is a good month to come back. Um, and then for those new people. And, you know, the springtime, people are out. They're planting in their gardens. I mean, that's just part of the culture of lacrosse. Um, they're out on their bikes. They're doing things active. If you go to a neighborhood meeting and you recognize somebody, then you've got a touch point for later. And what I notice most about our neighborhood meeting attendees is they're extremely generous people. So to connect to one of those generous people can be very valuable for folks, especially new people in this community like I once was. And I think, I think we'd agree that a lot of residents, you know, might have an idea or might see a problem, again, on a very local, local level, but they don't necessarily know what to do with that idea or how to maybe go about solving that problem. Can these groups and associations be a good place to start? Absolutely. And I think people believe that um, we're going to be reliant on the city for everything. And that's just simply not true. In fact, I would say the central principle of a neighborhood association is what can we do for ourselves? And so if we can focus on that more, I think that would, and in all of our neighborhoods, and, and really get that out, I think people might come back to their neighborhoods a little bit more. I think they've seen a little bit maybe reliance on the city. And instead, if they saw some independence, I think it would really mean a lot to people to come in for the first time. So again, if somebody's listening and they want to get more information about some of these activities, find maybe out what neighborhood they belong to, the best way to do that is through? The city planning office will give you the contacts. Mm -hmm. They'll give you that map to see where you're, where, what neighborhood to cover. So the city planning department's website um, and then lacrosseneighborhoods.org. 
Um, we also have a really great presence on Facebook. I think that's a great place to see things you like and share that. And you'll, you'll get those, those regular updates on your timeline. And now people might be listening to this and saying, you know, that all sounds great. But, you know, if, if I or a few people I know have an idea and I bring it to this group, you know, nothing ever gets done, right? <laughs> there's never any, can you, I, mean, I think you chuckle because I think there's some pretty good examples in not too, too pretty recently of where things really can get done and it can happen. Yeah, and I think what we have to recognize is neighborhoods are often invited to the table in a lot of things, you know, whether it's lacrosse soup or it's something with the county or, you know, not just the city. It could be anything. Parks and Rec is um, often asking us for opinions and ideas. So there's really a lot of ways that the neighborhoods suddenly get involved. And, uh, you know, I remember a number of years back, and, and I'm going to mention this because one of the a real formative people for the Neighborhood Association, Sarah Sullivan, who used to be a, a city council person, she did guerrilla gardening, and I just love that. They would plant bulbs around the city, and then they would just emerge, and there would be these blossoms for people to enjoy. And they just did that. You know, there wasn't any permission. It just got done, and um, it was appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there are there are lots of little examples like that. I can I can think of the Cass Street um, residents and how they rallied to get a crossing there that would improve the safety for the children getting to school. That happened really pretty quickly. We have a rain garden going in in the Grandview Emerson Neighborhood Association on Campbell. That's been a, like a three or four year project that's improving. So there are lots of little ways. We know we got a park going in um, near Burns. There's some uh, improvement going on there. So there's lots of fun ways to have your ideas shared and see them executed. And sometimes they just happen in a day, and sometimes they happen over years. And I think, in, you know, kind of a prominent spot in the city, but Wygate Park uh, is getting some new playground equipment, and yeah. I think that's due to some neighborhood funding in that uh, association last year. Yeah, that was some more of what we call the mayor's neighborhood money, exactly. And, and they met over months to sort of rank priorities and that rose to the top and I think people feel listened to and they they see that their words make a difference. And I know in, in the Jenna neighborhood which is Grandview Emerson they have not in not, not the entire uh, force behind but a loud voice in, in getting that pool rebuilt. Yeah and you know that's a uh, interesting example for a project because it started as a neighborhood project and it really grew to be something that was citywide and you'll see that team now that that committee and campaign is formed around a lot of different neighborhoods. And uh, so it took a life of its own. It actually became its own chapter of lacrosse neighborhoods uh, to better represent all of the interests that were involved there. So there might be other projects like that. It could be something in Riverside Park that all the neighborhoods want to rally around and it creates its own campaign. So we've got a new vehicle now um, for the whole community to rally through neighborhood associations. And um, we found it to be very successful and we want to replicate this model. Well, I, I, I think anyone listening can, can hear and, and, and see your excitement about this. And it's uh, and as spring is here, like you said, it's a great time to meet your neighbors and get involved and, and make our neighborhoods as strong as they can be. That would be great. So get out to one of those meetings um, for your first time or your 50th time and uh, just get to know people a little bit better. There's so many events that are happening. Um, and if you have an idea for an event, that's even better. Well, I sure appreciate you taking a few minutes and, and sharing your passion uh, about lacrosse neighborhoods. Thanks for stopping in. Thank you so much, Scott. Have a good day.